Hey, you found us. Welcome, everybody. This is Scripture Gems. Hello, and welcome to the show. My name is John Fulmer, and this is my brother Jay. How's it going, John? We are two brothers who are taking a break. (laughs) This is not a full episode, as you have already noted. This is something that we wanted to include during General Conference Week because we don't have a Come Follow Me lesson to go on during that week. And we thought we'd take a moment to talk about the show. We've had a lot of people ask us questions over the year about why we've done the show and how we do the show. And I thought we'd answer them briefly here. But I also wanted to take an opportunity to talk about and encourage you in your scripture study. We've talked a lot about scripture study on the show, but we haven't given some examples for you to work with. And we'd like to do that on this show. Now, I'd like to point out, too, that the idea is great. And of course, talking about scripture study, fantastic. I was a hard sell on doing a behind the scenes because I don't want to bore people with how we put the show together. And I certainly don't want to embarrass (laughs) myself with the things we do wrong. But John had a really good point. And that was, it's by sharing this kind of stuff that we can help people who are interested in doing something for themselves, sharing their own testimony. So with that in mind, here we go. Here's how the show gets made. (laughs) I would like to start out by first talking about why we did the show. Those of you who are fans of the show know that we started this year in 2020 with the Book of Mormon. Why didn't we start with Come Follow Me in the New Testament in 2019? Well, the reason that we're doing the show at all is largely due to my wife. My wife is a violinist for the orchestra at Temple Square. And on most Sundays, she is downtown in Salt Lake City recording for Music in the Spoken Word. And as a result, she frequently misses Sunday school in our church. And she was frustrated with this. And she knew that both Jay and I were experienced Sunday school teachers. And she knew that we could present material in an entertaining and captivating way. And so she said that we should do a show and actually almost demanded it. Yeah, absolutely. Primarily, it was John's wife. However, it was heartily seconded by my wife, who has been frustrated at scripture study at times and also feels bad asking me what she feels are the same questions over and over. And I keep trying to tell her, look, it's repetition that finally, you know, gets anybody to remember this stuff. And can there be anything that's more important to talk about? Sure. I love doing it. But this format allows her to study in the way that she wants, when she wants to. And then on top of all of that, my boys are growing up and leaving the house. Uh, too. John's got a similar situation with his kids. And I feel like I don't feel like I've shared everything about scripture study that I want to be able to share with my posterity. And this became another opportunity to try to put together my favorite insights, at least up till this point, and graphics and things like that that make scripture study exciting for me and have that as a resource for my kids when they've left home. So all of those are some of the top reasons. Now, one of the things that you should keep in mind is that this conversation started in mid-December 2019. (laughs) So we... Was it that early? Was it that... Because I felt like it was like in during 
Christmas break. It was. Maybe well, it was right that's before. when we actually got to work. We at first started talking about it, and I reached out to Jay, and he felt inspired that, oh, yeah, this is definitely something that we should do. And we immediately went off to put together ideas. Jay put together a trailer. I was looking into theme music and other such things. And we put it together surprisingly quickly. And Very it worked quickly. really well. The first episode was released on January 1st, 2020. And we kept going ever since then. It's been a very wonderful project. It's occupied a lot of our time. <laughs> yes. I would suggest that for each episode, we record the raw audio, I edit it, and Jay adds the visuals to it and produces the video. Now, I would say that on average, I spend probably between five and 10 hours for each episode doing audio editing, and I know that Jay probably spends more than that on the video. Well, I think it's probably fair that it's about that for the video, too, unless we've got something special, like when we've done the Jacob 5 mm -hmm. or Nephi's vision where it takes, you know, we're creating animations, or when my son Ethan is working on the 3D animations, some of the stuff that we did for the War Chapters episode, this was episode Alma 43 to 52, we were working for months on some of those visuals in order to have them ready for the show. But a lot of this stuff too is stuff that I've wanted to do for my seminary teachers and for when I teach Book of Mormon for Institute. These are visuals and things that are also something that I share with teachers and classes. So it's a great extra excuse to put this stuff together and it's really fun to have it and to be able to share it with you guys as well if it's useful. Now, one of the other questions that we're asked a lot is why is the show called Scripture Gems. And it's funny because when so we started a... the show, we didn't quite settle on a name for it yet. And so on the very first episode, I introduced it as Welcome to the Show. And that's a introduction that I still kept. But I did it that generically because I didn't know what the name of the show was yet. Yeah, and it's tough because, you know, different people have different things. And does it try to capture the right tone? Well, there's a quote from Jeffrey R. Holland that was in a CES training in 1992 where he said this, and it's one of my favorites thinking about our scripture study. He said, now, as you develop these skills, referring to scripture study skills, read more slowly and more carefully and with more questions in mind, ponder, examine every word, every scriptural gem. And then he uses a visual description of holding it up to the light and turn it. Look and see what's reflected and refracted there. And I've always loved that idea. And so our name comes from that quote from Elder Holland. Jeffrey R. Holland, yep. Scripture gems. So one of the other questions that has been asked, are we doing just the Book of Mormon or are we going to continue? I will say that we are planning to continue at this point. We would love to do certainly all yeah. four of the standard works cycles. I will admit we are particularly excited about the Old Testament. Yep, that's going to be so a lot of fun. We'll be doing a lot of preparation for that. But yeah, we'll keep going unless something comes up that makes it not possible. But Right now, that's the plan. Yep. So one of the other questions that is probably most frequently asked is, 
Okay, wait a minute. Jay lives in Wisconsin. John lives in Utah. How is this recording made? And we certainly don't travel to meet each other and record in the same studio. That would be very expensive. And fun. Yeah, it would be fun. And I will say that there is actually one episode, episode five, if I'm not mistaken, in which we were, in fact, in the same room together. I traveled to visit Jay, and we decided to record an episode in his studio. That was a good time. That was a lot of fun. But most of the time, we don't. We actually do record in our separate states. And this is how we get this to work. And this was important for me to share in this episode because this was a trick that I had learned from another podcaster who had shared how he did this with a friend of his. And the nature of it is this. I record my audio in Utah and Jay records his audio in Wisconsin and we talk to each other over the phone. We have our earpieces in on the phone and we are on the phone listening to each other and we just talk. Now, my recording, of course, just has my audio. It doesn't have Jay's and Jay's has his audio and not mine. When we're done recording, Jay sends me his audio and I match it together And that's how it works. And it's great because if one of us has to sneeze or clear our throats or whatever, we can do that without interrupting the audio of the other person. And that took us a little while to get used to in the beginning, but it's been very, very handy. Yeah. And it's allowed for some really great things. Now, how do we synchronize that audio? I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't. (laughs) So if you remember seeing in old movies, or sometimes there's this caricatured in old movies, where you have somebody coming out with what's called, I believe, a clapboard, saying, you know, this is scene, whatever not, take one, and then they clap the clapboard. That whole point of clapping the clapboard is to give a synchronization point for the video and the audio so that you can match them together. You can see when the clapboard claps, and so you can sync the audio. And we do something very similar. Basically, at the beginning of every recording, I will count down five seconds, and then Jay and I will clap together. And so then I can use that clap point as a point to match the audio. And it's not perfect, but it works very well. Yeah. One of the last things I wanted to talk about as far as the behind the scenes is there have been some curiosities as to what software or hardware we use, you know, how we put this together. And it's actually really not that sophisticated. I already mentioned that we talk to each other over the phone while we record. We both use Blue Yeti microphones. As a matter of fact, my setup that I use to record is actually <laughs> looks pretty dumb. It's a plastic storage bin that I've lined with like two-inch foam And I put the Blue Yeti in the middle of it, and I record. And that's how we record the audio. I had that one. That was my original setup, too. And I had this space in my art studio where I've created a paneled, foam-covered panels that you can then set up as a little frame that you can put the mic in. So. Right. And we both use MacBook Pros. We use GarageBand to record the audio. I use GarageBand to edit And we use Google Docs for our show notes. For those of you who think that this is scripted, it really, really isn't. We have an outline of what we'd like to talk about that we share over Google Docs. 
For the slides, what about the slides, Jay? What do you do? Yeah, for the so the visuals? visuals are just done in Apple's Keynote, which is like PowerPoint. And I've used Keynote for a long time. I'm pretty savvy with its animations. And so being able to do the graphics allows me to create images that move. It's the same with putting the text up there. The text for the scriptures comes in as a PDF. I have a PDF of the scriptures that you can download from the church's website. And then I move those pages into Photoshop. And then I move those pages from Photoshop into Keynote. And that allows me to have the text with no white background. So I can put panels of color behind the text. So the panels of color don't obscure the text of the scriptures, but I can still highlight sections and mark them and so forth. So all that's done using Photoshop. And then for the actual slides, those are done in Keynote, which I really like Keynote. Now for exporting the movie. Yeah. The so that finished video, that's a little more complex. So what happens is John finishes the audio. I go through the audio step by step and check each visual slide to make sure that the information that's needed is in there and that all the animations line up Timing-wise, this animation happens before this animation or after this one. Or, you know, when it comes to, say, uh, something getting underlined or a quote coming in. So I carefully go through the audio and make sure all the slides are doing what they're supposed to do and are there. And then I go through the audio a second time and do a timing recording. So I play the audio and record the timing in Keynote. So Keynote has it set up so that you can push, you know, the space bar to advance the animations or the slides, and then it will record what the timing is for all of that, and then you can export that as a movie. And then I take that movie and put it into iMovie, which is a free software for Apple. From Apple. And then I put the fresh audio in there so it's as clear as can be. Sometimes I have to do some, I've either made some mistakes when I did the timing, or there might be extra clips that I want to include. Like if there's a video, I may insert the video in iMovie in the place that I want it to be. And once all that is ready, then I export that in the movie format and upload it to YouTube. Yep. So we use YouTube for the video distribution. And for those curious about who we might use for audio distribution for the audio podcast, it's me. I'm a well, network engineer go. and I do a lot of web hosting at my house. And so I use my servers and I've set up my own RSS feed, this type of thing. It's been sufficient for our audio listeners who feel otherwise. Please let me know. <laughs> you can send an email <laughs> to podcasts at fulmers.org. We'd appreciate that. That's fine. So while this may seem like a lot of work to you, it kind of is. But when we say, I realize that it's become a tagline, but when we say that we are two brothers who just can't get enough of the scriptures, we really mean that. Yep. We do this because we love the scriptures and we definitely want our family and posterity to know where they can turn for salvation, just in the same way that Nephi described. That's very important to us. Yeah. Now, I wanted to include one last thing. My wife insisted that we do this, and I wanted to illustrate that while we put together show notes that include an outline of what we want to talk about, we also come up with sometimes spontaneous things that we want to put together. Some of you may remember 
the 1940s style newsreel introduction of Alma 53 to 63 episode. That was actually somewhat spontaneous. Now, obviously, it required a lot of visual work for Jay that was not spontaneous. He had to put together. Well, let me just explain how that came together. John had had a summary, and when I was going over his notes, I thought, you know what would really be cool? And then I wrote out a little newsreel type thing and put a little note, you know, to read it like a 1940s newsreel. John immediately got what was going on with that. We didn't know at first who was going to do it. And then John said, hey, how about this? And and pitched it over the phone, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's perfect. So John did the recording for that, and then I started to put together the visuals. And but it was a last minute little thing that came together. Right. I thought it came together great. Yeah, I'm very pleased with how that came out. But what I was referring to is that there are, have been others throughout the shows that we just spontaneously think, oh well, maybe we should do this, and that has all the potential for a lot of hilarity. Well. In episode 18, we had an introduction in which we wanted to express our excitement for so many different stories that we had to tell during the course of the lesson. And we spontaneously decided that we would do this little exchange back and forth to talk about how there are so many stories to talk about. Well, this seemed simple to put together, but as this raw audio reel will illustrate it really wasn't (laughs) we made several mistakes and we had to work it out several times before i played this raw audio reel i wanted to explain that one of the things that we do that perhaps you don't realize jay and i make lots of mistakes when we record our audio And what happens is after we record, I go through and edit it. Well, if we make a big mistake, what I will do is I will issue an audio beep on the track so that I can see that there's this aberration in the audio track. Oh, that's something I've got to edit. I will go up to the microphone and I will go beep. And then we will try again. We'll do another take. Anyway, you will hear that beep in this blooper reel. This is how we do our multiple takes. So forgive us, but again, my wife asked me to do this. Here is our blooper reel from episode 18. And if you're not interested, please go ahead and skip ahead six minutes. (laughs) We've got some scripture study stuff on the opposite side of this kind of crazy. We've got some great stuff coming later, we promise. But if you want to see us be fully embarrassed... Proceed. Let's get to it. Boy, this is one of the neatest stories in the Book of Mormon. But there's so many stories, John. There's so many stories. There's King Noah's story. And there's King there's there's King Limhi's story. John, let's let's hit that again. Let's just kind of jump into the story thing. Yeah, okay. I'll start with there's so many stories. Beep. But there's so many stories. There's King Noah's story. Oh, there's Alma's story. Well, and and, Amul. well, yeah. And oh, sorry. Did, did you want to go back and forth? Uh, yeah, I was going to go back and forth, but now I was trying to think of okay. who else's story. Okay, so, so we got we got Noah, Alma, Amulon, and And we'll, uh, we can come Limhi. back to and, and Limhi and Ammon's story. Okay. Right. And so why don't, why don't we do back and forth? Okay, and, we'll try that. And, and you, you do, um, so, so you will do Noah's story yep. and Amulon. Okay, those are your two. Okay. I'm going to throw Gideon in there, too. Oh, sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Beep! 
But John, there's so many stories. There's there's there uh, are. There... <laughs> Did I throw oh. you off? Oh, no, I couldn't remember which story I was starting with. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this was supposed to be um, just a funny okay, little thing and so, now I can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a good thing we don't overdo something. Okay, there's just, Noah's story, no, there's Amulon's story, there's Gideon's. Those are my three. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, let's try yes. it again. All right, here we go. Beep. But John, there's so many stories. There's there uh are. uh uh, uh, <laughs> damn it! I gotta write it down. Hold on, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> oh, this is just sad. Okay, wait a minute. I'm doing you know, okay. Noah's Noah? need to make this this complicated. I, I know, but it's do. gonna be funny if we get it right. Okay, I'm typing it, them it, out. It, it will. Am you? Okay, hang on. I lost one. Of my, ah, I lost my headphones. Gideon. Ow. Must find headphones. Where did it go? What oh, happened? Weird. Well, okay, so I got I got a pair of AirPods recently. Okay. And I do like them, but they they don't always stay in, my, in your ear well. Oh yeah. And um, I had a moment just there where one of them fell out, and what was hilarious is I couldn't see where it landed, and while I was looking for it, uh, the other one fell out. <laughs> okay, I've written. And this what was down hilarious now. is that it fell out. And how it somehow had perfectly fallen into my shirt pocket. Um, <clears throat> wow. But yeah, it was, you can't make this stuff up. No. Okay, speaking okay. of not making this I've stuff up. I've written it down, John. I've written it down. <laughs> well, so here's about 15 minutes we can turn from the show. Okay. <laughs> Beep. But John, there's so many stories. There's King Noah's there story. There's Alma's story. We've got Amulon. And we've got, oh, shoot. <laughs> Write him down, John. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, here I am. I'm oh, writing it down. All right. You, King Noah, me, Alma, you, uh, Amulon, me, King Limhi, and Ammon. You, Gideon. All right, it's. I'm staring at it. We'll get this. Are you still there? Oh, whoa, whoa. Well, I'm still recording. So while I'm waiting for you to call back. Hey, John. Okay, so let me tell you about another feature with the AirPods. And normally I love this feature, but here's an example where it played against me. Uh, if you tap on your, on your AirPods, you have to double tap. That okay. acts as like a play and pause. Ah. It also hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting ready, and I had, you know, I put my earpods back in, and I was trying to put them back in my ears so they wouldn't fall out. <sighs> We're never going to get started. Here we go. We're ready now. Whoa. <laughs> uh, John, if you check this out in the recording, you're going to find that you just that was slapped gay? your face and turned your phone off. You're not gone again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Funny, funny stuff. How many times... Oh.
Hi, John. What is going on? Well, I think you I slapped think I your face. Him that time. I'm, well, okay, maybe that. I have a feeling the slapping of the face did it. Maybe, maybe it did. <laughs> maybe Siri took it as a command to hang up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's the uh, Three right. Stooges uh, yeah. feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're going to try this. How many times? Here we go. A bunch. Beep. Yeah, but John, there's so many stories. So like we've there got the story are. of King Noah. What happens to him? Well, when we got Alma and his people. Well, and Amulon, the priests of King Noah. And King Limhi and Ammon. Oh, and we're going to get Gideon. Gideon's in there, too. Oh, it's just so many. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how we're going to cover them all. But we'll do our best. Well, okay. So that is the end of the blooper reel set. Now, I wanted to do one more thing. That last version of it that you heard was actually the final version. But you'll notice that there were some kind of awkward pauses between Jay's conversation and mine. And that's a side effect of the phone conversation. There is about a half second delay when I am reacting to Jay. Oddly enough, we're right on task with Jay reacting to me, but the opposite, there's a little bit of a delay. And so I will go through and edit that. And here is the final version that was included in episode 18. <laughs> well done. All right, so let's get to it. Boy, this is one of the neatest stories in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, but John, there's so many stories. So like we've there got the story are. of King Noah. What happens to him? Well, when we got Alma and his people. Well, and Amulon, the priests of King Noah. And King Limhi and Ammon. Oh, and we're going to get Gideon. Gideon's in there, too. Oh, it's just so many. Yeah, so I don't know how we're going to cover them all. But we'll do our best. <laughs> well, See, I like how that sounds. Yeah, that was much better. And if yeah. we could only have done that the first time... Maybe we could have some of our <laughs> you lives. You know, people, back. you have, you get, you have an off day, and sometimes things don't just go. However, we know that once you put this together, and with all the effort that we put into trying to put this together, you want your final product to be as clean and polished as possible. And I should also mention this: every now and then, we'll say something wrong on the yeah. show. We'll make a mistake that way about content, context, something like that. And we'll catch that as we're examining the audio through these multiple steps. And so it gives us an opportunity to try to fix things. And I don't know if we catch everything, but I think we do a pretty good job of that. We do. And that's actually been one of the great blessings of recording with my brother Jay is that we watch out for each other. <laughs> we do. We're both obsessive. We are. And there have been both times when I've caught something that Jay has said incorrectly or has made a statement that is not true to what we know about the story. And Jay has done that with me as well. And it's been very helpful so that our yep. end product has been as accurate as we can. Yeah, I'll give you a quick example. Abinadi, we had this whole thing about how Abinadi had memorized these scriptures oh, when yes. he was preaching to King Noah. And in the post-production, we came across the verse that says that now I will finish reading. And so, oh, right. well, so he's okay. obviously got material so he, that he's He's got the from. scriptures there. So anyways, but we're still learning and growing, and that's a wonderful thing. But it's great to have each other care enough about accuracy to want to catch each other on that. Absolutely. And speaking of the scriptures, let's talk about the scriptures. I wanted to take a moment to 
talk about the different ways that Jay and I study the scriptures and not to give you specific instruction on how you should study the scriptures, because I believe that to be very personal. But here are some ideas. One of the things that I came up with a long time ago was, I think around 2006, I had become enamored with the notion that if you read a little bit every day, you could read through the scriptures. And using the audio scriptures as a mechanism, and this is the same mechanism that I used for the Scripturematic 6000, by the way. We hadn't talked about that, but the Scripturematic 6000 is essentially me looking at the audio scriptures that I've downloaded from the church, the churchofjesuschrist.org website, the MP3s, and put them into iTunes. And if you select multiple audio tracks in iTunes, it will tell you how long they are, you know, what the length of that block of audio is. And that's what I use for the Scripture Medic 6000. But I also used it way back to help determine what I would need to read every day in order to read through the entire standard works, the Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, within one year. And I was surprised that every day you would have to read about 20 minutes. And that just seemed like nothing to me. And so every year since then, I have taken the time to either read or listen to the scriptures 20 minutes a day, and I read through the entire standard works. You can see more about this schedule by going to readthestandardworks.com. That's my domain. And I hope to have more material there in the future. If it looks like a website that's out of the early 90s, it is. I'm not a web designer, but hopefully the material will be helpful to you. Now, on top of that, I think it's really helpful to have a really broad overview of the scriptures and to be able to understand them, to read through it quickly and get a feel for the whole outline of the scriptures. But of course, it's also valuable to take the time to slow down and to read more meticulously and study and ponder. And so I actually have a second schedule that I use that I will go through the particular year's material in addition to my standard works reading. This year, of course, we're reading the Book of Mormon. And so I am reading through the Book of Mormon in parallel with the Book of Mormon Institute manual. And I am going through that material also over the course of the year, so at a much slower rate, so that I can do a little deeper dive, a study into that particular subject matter. Each year, I do things a little differently. Old Testament, there's usually so much material just in the Old Testament and the Old Testament Institute manual alone that those are all that I go through. But for smaller books like the New Testament or the Doctrine and Covenants years, I will add some things like the New Testament. I like to reread Jesus the Christ by James E. Talmadge. And for the church history year, I like to add the Institute Manual, the church history in the fullness of times. And I'm likely to add Saints, Volumes 1 and 2. Those are great, great references. And then the last thing that I like to do every day is that I've gotten into a real habit of studying the general conference talks that we have for each session. What I'll do is that every day I will take a general conference talk and I will read it or I will listen to it, usually read. 
and I'll check the footnotes on it and other such things. And just the notion of constantly having a little bit of the last general conference in my mind at all times has been really helpful to me. And I will just continue to do that, repeating general conference. You can usually get through general conference at least four times before you get to the next general conference, and then you start with that one. That type of study, I feel, is particularly important for us today, because if you think of the New Testament, the New Testament, a large portion of it are letters from the apostles to the church. These are enzyme articles, essentially, to compare to modern vernacular. These are the messages that we have from our current leaders. These are the things that we need to study. And if that seems like a ridiculous amount of study for one person every day, um, it might be. It's been working very well for me. I would say that on any general day, I take about 45 minutes every day to study the scriptures, and that's what I put together. I have recently added one more thing, and that is every week I like to have one study of some recent important documents, most notably The Living Christ that came out in 2000, The Family, A Proclamation to the World in 1995, and our most recent proclamation, the Restoration Proclamation, I've added to my list as well. But these are some ideas. Certainly one of the things that I hope you take away is the concept of there is a value in having a broad overview to the scriptures and understanding how everything fits together. And there's also a value of the deep dive and taking time to ponder and this type of thing. So, Jay, what about you? You know, my system is, you can see how organized John is. That's not me. <laughs> my So, just a little background. I had real trouble understanding the scriptures as a youth and even a teenager. I worked really hard at seminary because I knew that I wanted to have a relationship with the scriptures. but I You had, had the to, desire. I did have the desire, but reading didn't come easy for me. Writing didn't come easy for me. And as a result, I really had to work. It was on my mission that things really changed. And a large part of that was that I hauled around these institute manuals with me. And I would read some and I'd look up. Every time I had a question, I'd have the institute manual right there. And they've got statements for, you know, most of the blocks of scripture. And it gave me, all of a sudden, things began to really come together for me. And I wanted to, ever since then, come up with ways to help people to not struggle. And there's an advantage that comes with the struggle. But I don't want anyone to ever feel discouraged in their scripture study. And so that's been an important thing to me for a long time. Some things that make scripture reading extra fun for me are things like the Bible Dictionary. I remember when I was younger wondering, ah, I don't really know what to read about or study about in the scriptures. And I turned to the Bible dictionary and I flipped it open and there are all these incredible entries on all these interesting subjects. And I would just pick one and I would read about it and in it would have scriptures. And then I would go to those scriptures and swim around in them. So it could be a really fun and exciting way to study something new. Just flip open the Bible dictionary and look at something that you're like, well, I don't even know what this is. Well, read the entry and then go to those scriptures. And then you might be wondering, well, gosh, what are the events surrounding this section? Well, then you can 
broaden that out. That's been a lot of fun. Giving myself content challenges has been fun. So I remember years ago when I was traveling a lot for work, I was painting murals, different areas around the country, and I'd be in a hotel for a while. And I took this binder with me and I committed to figuring out what in the world is happening each year of the reign of the judges, starting with Alma the Younger, the first year of the reign of the judges. And I made this chart and it's very scribbly and my handwriting's embarrassing. But I would fill in a summary of the events that happen in every year. And it was neat to try to think, well, wait, is this still that same year? And what's going on? And how would I summarize this? And it was just really fun to make that chart. It took me a little while, but it was really great. So it really helped me to understand how those events began to fit together. That was very useful. So challenges like that on the content. Well, I don't really know this. Well, okay, get a piece of paper, sit down, and let's work on that. One of the reasons I feel strongly that content is really important to understand is that that becomes the foundation for identifying doctrines and principles with the intent of the author. Now, we could find a doctrine and principle just by turning to a verse, but understanding why the author wrote what he wrote and what was his intent in writing it is anchored in the context of what's happening. And so, as soon as we can understand the who, what, where, and feel comfortable in that, it really provides a firm foundation for identifying doctrines and principles and then applying them to our lives and so forth. So I really enjoy those. Another way to do it might be learning about characters. Pick a person and then try to find out everything you can about that person in the scriptures. It helps you to look for almost microscopic details phrases or statements that can help you to kind of fill in their story. And a lot of times you may not think, well, look, there's only one verse that mentions. Well, all right, broaden it out a little bit. Keep asking questions. And maybe there are no answers. But very often I've found that there are. And that's been a fun thing to do as well. Draw a map. I've got this map here that we use for Book of Mormon that I that I created for the church. But go Old Testament, New Testament, map it out, and you can draw it. And that really helps you connect with, oh, I get it. They're here and there. That's a useful thing in your scripture study. And I might add that for those of you whose art skills are more like mine and less like Jay's, there are some great resources just online. I mean, especially if you're talking about biblical lands, Google Maps is very helpful. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? You could just make little upside down V's for mountains and, you know, keep it simple. But that act of just trying to figure it out really helps to anchor you in the story. And I guess for me, as soon as I've got an anchor into that story, that I've got a moment that I can connect with or understand, now I can come back to that story and I feel like we have a relationship, that story and myself. And we become like old friends. And maybe you felt that in stories that you're familiar with. You go back and you're like, oh, yeah, I know this. My son, Ethan, probably read the Ammon story about a million times. That's a place that he feels that he's got a relationship with. And we keep coming back to those. Certainly, I would encourage you to use church resources. The Institute Manual is for everybody. They're it's outstanding. a great resource to look at what's been said about these scriptures and including scholarship. And anyways, very useful. One more thing I would mention is look up words you don't understand, words or phrases, within the book itself. Rather than turning to a dictionary, which you can, but someone recently had asked me about 
I think it was wild beasts. And I did this whole search on beasts in the Book of Mormon and found that in almost every setting, beasts referred to herbivores and wild beasts or ravenous beasts referred to carnivores. Each one of those had one exception each. But I didn't know that. So you can look up in a dictionary what it means today or what it meant in Joseph's day. But I find it really useful to look up a word or a phrase and how it's used within the book itself in that culture, in that time frame. And I find some neat consistency. You know, there's a similar method of study in the Bible. There's a very well-known publication called Strong's Concordance in which you have a Hebrew or Greek word that is used in a particular verse, and the concordance will show you all the other places that word appears. And so you can see how it's used in context, and it helps you understand the intended meaning of that word a lot better. Yeah, and you know, when it comes to things like, say, the Book of Mormon, the digital resources make that really easy. So those are some examples of ways that I enjoy studying the scriptures and that I feel really help me to get into it and asking questions. I mean, that's like the top thing. You know, why did the author say this? What does he want me to know from this? I had somebody who had read something that we've covered recently on the show, The Skin of the Lamanites Became White. It was an investigator, and the missionaries were talking to me about it afterwards and said, you know, he said, boy, that really seems racist. Well, so then the question is, what was the intent of the author? Was the intent of the author to be racist? And if not, then we go back to that verse and we start to ask additional questions about it. And that can be really, really useful, too. Yeah. Now, Jay is probably too modest to bring it up, but for those of you who don't know, Jay published a book a few years ago called Other Heroes of the Book of Mormon, and it includes not only illustrations of what Jay is talking about as far as asking different questions and finding the stories that aren't quite as obvious when you read the scriptures. It also includes a lot of his artwork. Now, this is out of print, but I think you can still find used copies of it on Amazon and other places, and I recommend it. I think that would also be a helpful thing. To be fair, it's something that I had dreamed of putting together for a long time. It's not everybody's way of looking at the scriptures as far as, you know, the way that we want to see it, but it might be for some of you. Anyways, I think it's at least a good example of how you can take a scriptural gem and turn it a different way and see how the light hits it, you know? Fair enough. And so I would certainly recommend that. I just wanted to talk about a couple of other things before we finish. It's a real common misconception that to read the scriptures, you have to start at page one and go to page whatever, hundred, whatever. And while there is value in that, and that's certainly the style that I use, and I can explain why I use that, but there is nothing saying that you have to read the scriptures that way. And Jay has given a couple of really good examples of how it's sometimes more helpful to research the scriptures more topically. Uh, go into the Bible dictionary or the topical guide. Or Jay and I have been talking recently about the Book of Mormon Central Scriptures Plus app and their reading plans, which take a topical guide type pattern and really kind of go crazy with it with a lot yeah, of Yeah, make it things. interactive. Yeah. That's a very important thing to do as well. For me, I have a better memory than average. 
And so I find one of the things that's most helpful to me is to just get the content in there to begin with and keep it in there so that I can reference it. And that's why I like to read cover to cover. But it's certainly not the only way. And you'll need to do a mixture of both probably. I think so. To help give you the biggest picture of it. One of the things to keep in mind is that we have been given so many wonderful resources. We really take for granted the publication of the LDS version of the scriptures in 1981, of the triple combination and the LDS version of the Bible. That has provided some wonderful, wonderful resources and continues to. One of the things that I would encourage you whenever you read any of the scriptures is to keep an eye on the footnotes. I find that there are a lot of people that don't understand what those footnote acronyms mean. And I thought I'd go over those briefly with you. If you see a footnote that says IE, that's a Latin phrase, id est, it means in other words, this might be a phrase that doesn't have a clear meaning in our modern language. And so there's an explanation. A similar one called or means that Here's a phrase that might have meant something different in, say, 16th century English. Here's what that meant. The ones that I really like to pay attention to, in the Old Testament, you'll see a footnote that says H-E-B. That stands for Hebrew. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. And here is an alternate translation of the same Hebrew word with more modern scholarship. That might help you understand what maybe was meant in that verse. Similarly, in the New Testament, you'll see an acronym that's GR, that stands for Greek. The New Testament was written originally in Greek, and it's the same type of thing. Here's an alternate way to translate that same Greek word in more modern scholarship, and that might help more fully understand what is meant in that verse. And perhaps the two that I pay the closest attention to. As Jay brought up, anytime BD is there, that's the Bible dictionary, pay attention to that. That's a very helpful resource. And of course, JST, the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible. That's also very, very helpful. Now, you will only find JST and BD in reading the Bible. However, you will find other references to IE and OR in even the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, so pay close attention. Now, Jay and I have brought up the Institute Manuals. We love them. They are outstanding publications. They are free digitally. They are very inexpensive in a physical form. They are wonderful resources. Also, online, you have the Topics section in the Gospel Library. This is relatively new, but it's a wonderful aid for study. This explains a lot of sometimes controversial issues, sometimes basic gospel doctrine issues that you need a little more clarification on, or sometimes have been presented in such a way that you hadn't thought of before. Well, and I'd like to mention, too, don't think that if you have studied a doctrinal topic 20 years ago that you understand it in keeping with the church's position on issues today. The Lord continues to reveal things and continues to open our understanding. Our understanding on priesthood is one of those. So what's nice about this is it helps us to keep current with what the Lord has revealed 
today. Absolutely. Now, I just wanted to touch on a couple of external resources that Jay and I are both big fans of and referenced quite a bit in the show. We have Book of Mormon Central, of course. We've talked about their Scriptures Plus app. Great, great group. We love what they're doing. Also, the Interpreter Foundation, they've been a wonderful resource for more scholarly deep dives into a lot of scriptural and church history issues. Fair Mormon is a great apologetics organization that helps explain a lot of sometimes more controversial issues of church history. Yeah, and BYU Studies, that one often gets skipped. That's a publication that most of the articles are available for free on the BYU Studies website. It's just got a lot of stuff, and you can run a search on topics there as well. Well, not only BYU Studies, but certainly the Maxwell Institute at BYU is a wonderful resource of a lot of really great study helps, and we love what they're doing. These are some things that might help you in your scripture study, but most of all, most important of all, Don't let all of these suggestions overwhelm you. The important thing is that you take the time to read. And it amazes me all the time how much I get out of just setting aside that time. I've talked about this a couple of times on the show. But it's important to remember that even if you don't fully understand what you just read, you have set aside time to align your thinking with our Father in heaven. And you will be blessed by the Spirit in ways that may have nothing to do with what you just read. It's so important to take that time. Yeah, that's really true. If you haven't felt that, we encourage you. Dedicate some time. Don't get frustrated. That's the biggest thing. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. It's not the Lord that makes you feel discouraged when you're reading your scriptures. So even if you're not understanding it, like John said, the time you dedicate to it, that means something. Well, and there's a reason why I read through the scriptures as often as I do. It still amazes me how often, even this year, I will come across something that I have read many times before and now has hit me in a different light. And I understand something that I didn't understand before. Me too. That still happens. Well, we'll do it even while we're recording the show. Oh, that happens a lot, actually, when we're recording the show. Well, so I hope this has been helpful to you, and I really hope that you take the time to enjoy General Conference this weekend and to listen and study the words of our modern prophet and apostles. We look forward to talking to you at our next lesson. So long for now. This podcast is not officially affiliated with The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but we're really big fans.